Blog Talk Radio. We'd heard rumors about it for months, but this week, the, the scenes between JT and Victoria on The Young and the Restless finally came to a head. What's all the fuss about? We'll talk about that, plus the daytime Emmy nominations tonight on Tune In Tomorrow. Good evening out there. I'm your host, Richard Sims, the executive editor of Soaps In-Depth Magazine, and I am calling in tonight from the home offices in, oh my God, it's cold, New Jersey. It's freezing. There's a lot of snow outside. It's still coming down. Um, I know a lot of you, like me, had a snow day today. I don't know about you, but for me, snow days are sort of a good thing and a bad thing. On the one hand, yeah, you get the day off and you get to hang out at home, but on the other it's not like you don't have stuff that you have to be doing and that you should probably be at work getting done. I actually did go into the office for three or four hours today because uh, there was a lot to get done. Plus, of course, it was daytime Emmy nomination reveal day, and I wanted to make sure that I was there to uh, see that and to sort of get the coverage together because, you know, snow – it doesn't care if we have a magazine to put out. We have to put that out every week. So we had deadlines, and I needed to be there. Uh, also today was the big, I don't know what to call it, the big shocking moment, I guess, at the end of today's Y&R. We'd heard about it for a while. I think it was Jamie Giddens at Daytime Confidential who first sort of either, you know, sort of, sort of said that this might be coming, and we've heard other rumors about it for a while. And then today, at the end of the episode, there was a a particularly violent moment when the argument between JT and Victoria um, took a pretty drastic spin with him pushing her up against the wall and choking her and then cocking back his fist uh, as if to hit her and instead hitting the wall next to her her head. Lately, The Young and the Restless has been doing um, this thing where each day is a new day, and I'm really hoping that we don't do that tomorrow, that we don't suddenly just cut to the next scene, because I, I feel like this is something that we need to see the immediate aftermath of. We need to find out, you know, what exactly does Victoria do? I mean, you know, she should just turn and walk out or kick him out. Although I don't know if kicking him out is the best answer given how violent he was. You know, she might want to just walk away and then have somebody else come and kick him out of the house. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. If you want to join the conversation here, uh, we are live at the moment. And the call-in number is 714-868-0749. Again, that's 714 Zero seven four nine. Uh, and once you're on the line, you'll be prompted to a uh, push a button, I guess, number one, probably, and the handle go up, and it'll signal to me that you're on the air. Uh, so there are, there are, interestingly, there were two different takes that I saw to the story unfolding on The Young and the Restless. The first came yesterday, because as a lot of you know, uh, Canada gets The Young and the Restless one day before we do. So 
by by mid-afternoon yesterday, there were a lot of very upset people talking about what they had seen. Other people very upset talking about what they had heard had happened. Uh, not everybody saw it before they commented on it. I uh, I didn't really want to comment on it, whether online or anywhere else, until actually I had seen the scenes for myself. Although there was also a GIF or GIF, depending on how you pronounce it, that uh, was making the rounds which showed the moment um, uh, very vividly when JT uh, grabbed Victoria around the throat, pushed her up against the wall, and cocked his fist back. And it was it was very disturbing. Um, I had a friend of mine who doesn't actually watch soaps watch the episode as well. Or not watch the episode, but watch that few minutes. I wanted to get his take. There were a couple of things about this that I thought were odd. It was the only scene in the episode that used sort of a handheld camera, um, so it was a little bit more jittery, a little more. Now, there were, there were two different ways of looking at that. I took it as the show knew this was going to be very disturbing, and it was sort of sending a subtle subconscious message to viewers that, you know, it's just a TV show. This isn't really happening. You know, you're not, you're not watching The Real Housewives. This is a soap opera. It's not... Uh, it is fiction, and you know, you're okay. Um, my my friend, who does not actually watch soap operas, did not think that. He thought that it was done um, sort of to add to the intensity of the moment, as if everything was spiraling out of control, and 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 to give you sort of a you were there kind of feeling. I I you know I don't know. Um, I hope at some point to talk to someone and get that answer. The other two things that were interesting was when the, when. When the episode first aired yesterday in Canada, um, the reaction, if you looked in the YNR uh, hashtag on Twitter, the reaction was overwhelmingly negative. People were really, you know, just, just vehemently opposed to what they had seen on their screen. Others were vowing, you know, having not seen it, were vowing not to watch it, but they, they you know, did not want to see that. Uh, but... When the episode aired today um, in the the U.S. and in most markets, I noticed that in our stream, at least, the reaction was a lot different. It wasn't quite as vehement. People were still shaken by it. They thought what they had seen was was quite, you know, visceral and shocking, and that it was a, a you know, but but that that it was very very intense, which it was. In some ways, it was hard to watch almost. But many people also seemed to find it. Um, Sort of a throwback to classic soap stories where um, when soaps did social issues, you know, when they when they, they tackled difficult topics, which isn't something that soaps are doing all that much of now. I mean, we do have the, the dueling Alzheimer's stories on both General Hospital and The Young and the Restless, which are a different kind. This, is, this was, um, you know, we don't see a lot of domestic abuse stories on our soap. Now, it's worth noting that Mal Young, the executive producer and head writer of The Young and the Restless, is, um, is a child of... Uh, English soaps like like Coronation Street and East Enders and shows like that, which do sort of traffic in this kind of thing. It's not unusual to see that kind of story on those shows. They're they're a little bit grittier. They're a little bit they delve into uh, reality a little bit more. I mean, their characters aren't all uber rich. They usually live in small towns and are are sort of you know more have nots than haves. And it's, so it's not really unusual to see um, this kind of story take place there. So I was surprised. I guess pleasantly to see that a lot of people sort of saw what the show was going for. And I'm kind of of the belief that there is plenty of room for this kind of story. There are people who say, I don't want to see this. This is, 
still, this is not entertaining to me. It's not something that I want to tune in and see. I, and I and I understand that. That always happens when you do do sort of a darker story that's based in in real life. You know, General Hospital had the same reaction from many people when BJ died, or when um, Stone, especially when Stone was dying of AIDS. That was that was a really hard story for a lot of people to watch. And many people said, "I don't watch daytime television for this. I watch." you know, daytime television to escape and for romance and, and whatever. I, I personally, I'm a big believer that um, that there's plenty of room for all kinds of stories and everyone's not going to like every story that you tell. Um, I think the bigger problem here was that this story, while very much worth telling, might have been foisted on the wrong characters. Um uh, Victoria Newman has been sort of over the last couple of months beaten down by life. Um, you know, the, 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 there was the fiasco at Brass and Sassy. There was, then she has to go crawling back to her father. And then she has the, you know, to deal with both Abby and Ashley at work. And she just, she just seems to be, be getting slapped around by life in every way. I don't know that she necessarily needed to be slapped around um, literally or figuratively by JT. Um, but but also, the return of JT has been an odd thing. It was really drummed up as you know this young and restless favorite's coming back, and we're selling his sex appeal, and you know we're 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 having them immediately reconnect, and they have hot sex, and and then all of a sudden, sort of out of nowhere, over the last couple of weeks, he started just you know all abuse is not physical. Uh, the, there's a there's there's a lot of mental abuse that takes place, um, a lot of emotional abuse. And he really started doing that to her. On top of everything else she was going through, she really was not getting any support from him whatsoever. And they had sort of um, reunited in in this... Uh, it was It was rushed. You know, he moved in very quickly. She never really bothered to find out why he had lost his previous job and what had gone wrong, and wrong in his marriage to Mac. It just all felt very odd as if we were rushing to put these two characters together and then once they were together and people had like sort of settled into the groove with them, okay, now we're going to like let her suffer all these slings and, slings and arrows of cruel fate and then have him sort of spiral out of control and, and behave in this way that some people think is very unlike him. I'm not sure that I buy the it's very unlike him argument in that, you know, I mean, uh, sometimes we look back on characters in a very and shine a fond light on them they might not necessarily deserve. Um, JP was not always, you know, the greatest guy. He did a lot of bad things. I mean, even the, you know, the JT and Colleen relationship, if you look at it, she was underage when they got together. It was not, you know, really like necessarily a copacetic relationship. Everybody fell in love with it and it became this great love story, but it didn't necessarily start that way. You know, he also, you know, he, he did bad things. He, he cheated and he just, he wasn't always a good guy. In fact, he was introduced as kind of a, a troublemaker. So I, I, no, we did not see this violent propensity in him necessarily before, but he's also been off the canvas for years, and we don't know what his character went through during those years. We don't know, you know, and, and again, that's sort of a problem with the story is that Victoria never bothered to find out what happened during those years, and Reed never really, Reed should have played a part in this. It would have made more sense to me if Reed was in the background kind of saying to his mom, you know, maybe you and dad should not be spending so much time together, or maybe you should, you know, and, and not coming right out and saying it because he's still loves his dad and, and not saying, you know, bad things happened in their marriage. I heard them fighting a lot, but none of that really took place. So 
I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons that people had problems with those stories was that it might have been foisted on the wrong characters and told in a way that didn't necessarily work. Uh, and just a second, we're going to go to the phone lines and start taking calls and getting your opinions on this stuff. The line here is 714-868-0749. The other thing that um, came out today was the uh, daytime Emmy nominations, and that's always interesting because you always see um, there's there's so many different arguments that happen every single year about these nominations. You know, the so-and-so got snubbed, or, oh, so-and-so didn't deserve a nomination, or why are they in, uh, you know, supporting actor, they be- belong in, in lead, or why are they in lead, they belong in supporting, or, you know, the, the arguments go on and on and on. Um, and it's sort of fun to have those discussions. So if you want to talk about your favorite getting snubbed or your least favorite getting a nod, feel free to give me a call. Uh, again, the number here is 714-868-0749. We're going to go to the lines here. And uh, 204, you're on the air. Richard, it's Al from Canada. How are you? Hey, Al from Canada. I'm good. How are you? Good. Very good. So, well, um, uh, just a couple of things. I'm just trying to keep it concise. I'm trying to keep it to 10 minutes or so. So uh, I just got three things. Uh, one's on GT, and then one's on the, um, um, what you would call it, uh, the um, Emmy nominations. Uh, but before I go into that, just, uh, just curious, did you get your package thing uh, sorted out? <laughs> I did. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, I had posted on Facebook um, the, the most bizarre encounter with a FedEx person. They rang my doorbell. Uh, I went to the door, and by the time I got to the door, they were back. They were all the way at the end of the driveway, and I'm like, hello, I'm here. And he said, oh, no, I have to come back. It's for evening delivery. And this was at like 2.30 in the afternoon. And I said, well, the reason that it said evening delivery is because it, we thought it was coming on the weekend and we wouldn't be here. But uh, during, you know, we thought it would come during on a weekday when we were at work. But clearly I'm here and I can accept the package. No, no, can't give it to you. It turned into this whole fiasco. But, yes, not only did it finally come, but I'm happy to report that it contained alcohol. So it turned out to be worth the wait. It was a birthday gift for, uh, it was a birthday gift for Charlie and it contained alcohol and it was delicious. I'm not saying it's all uh-huh. gone, but most of it is. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you can turn it into a story when you're writing one of your books. <laughs> right. So, anyways, uh, I'll just get into everything right now. I'll just go with the uh, thing. Uh, of the nominations I was looking at, you know, Peter Bergman and everything else, I actually would vote, and I hope that wins, is James Reynolds, not because he's been there for long, but because he did a balanced portrayal of a father whose son was uh, – shot by um, a family friend, and I absolutely think he should win over everybody. Peter Bergman's arc has just been fighting with his sister, which I actually kind of like, but I just think it's James Reynolds here this win, because Days is just on fire, and Days is actually a soap opera out of all of them. What's your take? You know, I agree with you, um, except for one thing. I agree, James Reynolds was phenomenal, um, did fantastic work during the whole story with uh, Theo being shot by J.J. My problem is I don't think he should be a lead actor. I think he should be a supporting actor because, yes, he had great okay. material, but he really wasn't on all that. In fact, there are, there are several in that category. I don't know that John McCook should be in lead. In lead. I love John McCook. He is, he is an amazing guy. He's an amazing actor. But I don't know that he should be in, in lead actor. Um, you know, he had I, – I guess he had some good stuff with the, with the Quinn stuff. The hard part of, about the Emmy noms is by the time they come out, you know, 
people say things like, you know, oh, well, so-and-so did great work. Why didn't they get nominated? But they're thinking of work that just happened. And, of course, the nominating period was, you know, was last January to January. Uh, so sometimes it's hard to remember what they did. But several of these people feel like they they shouldn't necessarily be in lead. I mean, Billy Miller definitely belongs in lead. He he was the lead character on, on that show for a good portion of the year. I can see Michael Easton in, in lead. He had a lot of good material. And, of course, Peter Bergman, there's no way you would put him in supporting. But John and James both sort of feel to me like they sh- they maybe should be in uh, – in the supporting actor category. As far as Best Soap, I, I have not seen the reels yet, so I'm really anxious to see what everybody submitted. Um, and because all of them have good stuff if they picked it. Sometimes when you watch the reels, you're absolutely baffled and you're just like, who told them to pick that? <laughs> you know, who, 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 in what world did they think that was a good idea? So it'll be interesting to see what everybody submitted. Right. Okay, now I'm going to go into JT um, on YNR. Yeah, um, well, JT was the character that brought me back to YNR. So for me, it's hard to watch him go under a domestic uh, abuse thing or whatever. I can see him maybe getting angry, but like him kind of like, like absolutely like, like I could see like, why not, you know, throttle Billy? I could see that, you know, but it's funny. I think violence is violence. It doesn't matter whether it's from a man to a woman or a woman to a uh, or a man to a man. So, like, I could see him maybe getting into fights with Billy, which you know, and yeah, JT's always had that prickly. If he thinks something is off or whatever, he's always been prickly like that. But for him to be taken this far is just kind of out of character. I just have a little bit more to say, but I just want to hear what you think about that so far. Well, you know, here's the thing. If you tell a story, if, if, if this story sort of built to JT attacking Billy, that's not a big deal. You know, men get in fistfights on soaps all the time. Women get in slap fests on, on soaps all the time. If you're going to do something that's going to go, you know, that's going to be, whether you're doing it because you want to get people talking, whether you're doing it because you want to do a social issues story, whether you're doing it for whatever reason, this is... We would not be, let's put it this way, we would not be talking about it and, and social media would not have lit up if JT had punched Billy or if JT had throttled, you know, throttled Billy because that's not a big deal. Um, that's not to say in the real world it's a bad, it's, you know, it is. It's a bad thing. You should not punch me. I should not punch you. But it takes on a whole different context when, um, oh, you know, listen, look at this. I'm, I'm look, I glance over in the chat room and uh, Who Knows TV is trying to distract me by saying, I just booked the breakaway, which is like one of my favorite cruise ships in the world. I'm trying to just, I will not be distracted. Um, I am distracted now. Now I just want to be on the breakaway. Um, but, 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 this, you know, but when you do it, uh, the case of a man hitting a woman or threatening to hit a woman with that kind of, you know, anger and violence and, and, it, it, it takes things to a whole different level, right or wrong. You know, no matter how you feel about the story, I don't think we would be talking about it. I don't think I would have been, you know, um, um, sort of moved by it to have a podcast if it was just Billy hitting JT or JT hitting Billy, just because that's sort of, you know, not unusual. That's that's just how things happen on soaps. Did you did you see right. the scenes? Uh, I saw. The, wait, I'm a day ahead. Yeah, I did see the scene uh, 
with her um, him just going by. It doesn't seem. I don't know. I mean, this might sound kind of like I'm naive, but it it just he just kind of shoved her to the corner and just kind of just put his his hand out on her throat. But it wasn't like he's punching her out or anything. Like he just punched the wall. Like it's almost like he got control. Uh, um, but but at the same time, it was it was. For one thing, because we don't t- we don't see that type of thing on television, at least not on on daytime, it mm-hmm. had shock value. Um, right. Also, when he, I, I think what really probably pushed it to the next level for a lot of people was when he cocked his fist back, and it was very clear he intended his intention originally was to punch her. And instead, he hit the wall. You know, he, he took his anger out on the wall. But, but you don't cock your fist back like that when you're holding somebody against the wall with the intent of, of hitting the wall. You intend to hit them. And he instead took his frustration out and hit the wall. And I think that's what was so shocking to so many people was, was in that moment when he cocked his fist back and held it. And you could see the mm-hmm. anger in his eyes. And you could see this man wants to punch this woman. He wants to punch her in the face, you know, like that's, that's visceral. That's, that's hard to watch because, you know, this is, these are characters that we've known for years and they are characters we've loved. I, I have sort of a love-hate relationship with Victoria and I think that's very much by design. I think the show wants you to, in many ways, have a love-hate relationship with Victoria. Um, right feel toward JT the way a lot of people do. A lot of people see JT as this, like, you know, shining hero kind of thing. And and I did always like the character of JT, but one of the reasons I liked him was that he was complex. The, there were moments when he first came, you know, a couple months ago, when they showed, like, JT, you know, sort of taking pills and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe they're laying the groundwork to explain that there's more going on here. But no matter what, the thing about it that bothered me was less the violence. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for telling this kind of story. I think it should be told. I think domestic violence um, is, is one of many controversial, hard-to-watch topics that soaps should be doing. I think modern soaps should be doing more of them. What bothered me about this story was Victoria. Um, I really did not – this does not feel like the Victoria I know. You know, she just – she's been making decisions that the the Victoria I know wouldn't make. You know, she she moved JT in without even talking to Reed. That's just – that's just – that's – no, that just doesn't seem like her. Um, uh, She's she's just – she's been written – in, over these last few weeks as sort of weak and subservient and meek. And then she comes up with this ridiculous plot to frame Ashley that, you know, she had to know would backfire in her face. It just, it feels like it's not natural for the character. And that, to me, is the bigger sin than the portrayal of domestic violence. Let, let me tell you this. This is what I think is going to happen, just from this story. Supposedly there's rumor that Victor's going to get beaten up. So Victor already put a camera in the um, whatever, the safe. He knows that JT's there uh, is snooping around. He put cameras in his daughter's place, so he, he so he's going to see it. He, they're going to have a confrontation about it. He's supposed to also have a confrontation with Jack this week, too, as well. So um, they're going to make it look like, like he was attacked and they're going to pan to Jack as the perpetrator of it first, and then it'll, they'll probably, then Jack will be exonerated, then it'll go 
to JT, but I don't think JT's going to, like if JT finds out that Victor has cameras in the house or whatever, or is on him or whatever, I, JT might confront Victor, but I don't think that JT's going to be the one that puts Victor into the hospital by beating him up. I think it's going to be Arturo because Nikki's going to try and break up with Arturo. They're going to do a thing where um, Arturo gets involved with, um, whatchamacallit, um, Abby or whatever, just to, just so that nobody thinks that there's anything happening with him and Nikki anymore. And I think Archer is the one that's going to put Victor in the hospital, but JT is going to be framed about it and his uh, domestic abuse thing is going to come out. What do you think about that? Well, some of it I can't comment on because I can't really talk about future story. Um, But I will say that, you know, as we head into the 45th anniversary week of Young and Restless, um, there are there are a lot of big things coming up. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that, yes, something bad is going to happen to Victor. They've been hinting at that for a little bit. Um, we're also going to really dive into Victor and Jack and their rivalry, which, of course, is, you know, one of those things that's gone on for years and years and and is is sort of like the Jill Catherine rivalry in that it's something people love. So they are playing a lot of that. Uh there's also going to be a lot of Nick Sharon stuff. I'm a little, you know, and here's the other thing about Y&R right now, if we can sort of digress just a little bit. Uh, I, over the last month or so, probably a little bit longer, there's been a very concerted effort to push all of the the main couples back together. You know, Lillian Kane went to France and had an Insta reunion. Uh, uh, Hillary and Devon are suddenly going to have a baby together. Nick and Sharon are living under the same roof. For what reason, I can't really figure out. I mean, he has money. He doesn't need to live under her roof. Yes, he gave away his money, but they made it very clear in the episodes after he gave the money away that that was just his trust fund and he still had all kinds of money and blah, blah, blah. So, and, and the problem with this is that when you put all of your couples back together, uh, there's not a lot of room to go. There's not a lot of place to go, you know? Like, like by instantly reunion, reuniting a couple, then they, there's, no, there's no big payoff. There's no slow moving back together. I mean, they are moving a little bit slower with um, Nick and Sharon than they moved with Kane and Lily. But for, for Devon to go from one day finding out that Hillary did this horrible thing in that she basically convinced Juliet to move forward with a lawsuit knowing that there was no sexual harassment and, and destroyed his sister's marriage, for him to be so casual about like, oh, well, uh, she, she mentored somebody for three days, so she's changed, and, and agree to have a baby with her, that's insane. That's just, yeah. that, is, that, is, that, that makes no sense. And, and there's, you know, I mean, we all see where this is going. We can see even as they're signing this agreement that, you know, we're just going to co-parent. We're not going to actually be involved in each other's lives. Everybody can see, you know, where, where this is going, that we're clearly, you know, we, and, and I understand it. Michelle Morgan and, and Brighton have great chemistry together. Fans love them together. But if you instantly put things together and don't make it, a, a struggle so that we have, you know, we want to be invested in their romance. We want to see her earn his, his love. We want to, you know, we want to, we want to see, we don't want to just see Band-Aids slapped on situations like was done with Lily and Kane. Lily and Kane had one conversation in France and we're basically like, okay, let's go home and raise your illegitimate baby. You know, that's, 
you're not addressing the things that tore the couple apart in the first place. You're just slapping them back together in order to satisfy a fan base. And I don't think that that's necessarily the best move because I don't think there's a lot of long-term story in that. Right. Um, so uh, I, I just want to go back to JT uh, uh, for a second. You know what I also find kind of curious about Wynder? I don't know why they don't, they don't play his history up a little bit more with Paul. Paul should still be sort of his big brother mentor, and they're just playing them just like like um, boss and employee, just like get me the goods on Victor, and that's it. You know, I don't care what else is going on. Not only on. boss Paul and employee, but Paul, like not just that, Paul came off as a douchebag last week, you know? Paul was yeah. like attacking JT, and it Again, that's another element that doesn't really make sense. Does does Christine and Paul's entire plan revolve on JT basically sleeping with Victoria in order to get in good with the family and with Victor? Because that's not a really good plan, you know? I mean, what did, what would their what would have happened to their whole plan if Victoria had been like, nah, you know, I'm not really interested in you. I mean, who wouldn't be interested in JT? But what if she rejected him? You know, where would their plan have gone? It just it just doesn't it doesn't really make sense on any level. Uh, it, it and and you're right. I think that that that's one of the things I really miss is um, I miss not seeing JT and Paul or JT and Kevin. You know, I really liked the JT Kevin, or, or I mean the Paul Kevin relationship. Paul has had this great mentoring relationship with these, these younger guys who have worked with him at the police force. And that's been, you know, that's been a really, um, it's not like a huge element of the show, but it's a, a nice vital part of Paul's character. It's something we know and love about him. So to see him in this, sort of becoming sort of a jerk with JT because JT, you know, isn't doing Christine's work enough, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. That's, I don't really know that I, I understand what they're, what, what we're supposed to feel there. Right. Right. Okay. I'm just going to just wrap this up. What would you like, if you could like be in charge of wine or what would you change about it right now? We know that you love days and that days is on track. What should wine R be about right now? Y&R is a show that has all of the elements. It has all the elements in place. It has, um, you know, great actors. It has gorgeous production values. Um, uh, Mal Young is just fantastic at setting his directors free and, and sort of, you know, making sure the show looks good. What it really needs right now is a little more – it needs to stop writing storylines a, that are designed to just put characters back together without actually overcoming the problems that tore them apart. But also there need to be sort of uh, – characters need to do things. One of the biggest sins you can commit on a soap opera as a soap opera writer is to write stories that don't feel genuine to the character. For example, Chelsea's exit. That made no sense. Um, you know, Chelsea was suddenly just – stealing money from her friends and and hiding it in the bathroom and then went on the run it just it just there was no logic to it 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 did there was no reason for Chelsea to suddenly feel like she needed to do this um uh, same thing with Hillary and Devon Devon is devoted to his sister he he would understand where Lily is coming from and he would certainly have a bigger reaction to fact that Hillary destroyed, you know, his sister's marriage with this. Now, yes, Kane is 
Cain is has, has his own culpability in all of this. Cain was not innocent, um, you know. But but at the end of the day, Hillary supported actions that led to the demise of Devon's sister's marriage, and so for him to so casually be like, you know, well, yeah, I know we found this out last week, but now I think Hillary has changed and we're going to have a baby. That just it just doesn't track. It's 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 skipping crucial beats in the story. And they're great beats. I mean, the beats that are being skipped are things that, that soap opera fans love. You know, we want to see Devon and Hillary get back together. We want to see her prove to him that, that she has changed, but her basically, you know, we met the girl a couple of times, but most of the story took place off screen, her off screen mentoring this girl and helping this girl's brother who, you know, I don't think we ever met that, that is not, that is not the same thing as Hillary showing Devon she's changed. That's just sort of like slapping a Band-Aid on something. That's saying, oh, look, here's, here, we're going to take two minutes to, to sort of, you know, say that she's changed because she's done this. No, in order right. to show actual change, her actions have to impact the people that she hurt. You know, she has to do something that, you know, helps Lily or helps Kane. Like, you know, does something, like, like, for example, what if Kane's baby had had gotten ill after it was born and it needed i don't know a blood transplant or a partial kidney or something and and Hillary stepped up and did that that would be something that she's doing to actually help you know make the lives of people she hurt better and again i love Devon and Hillary people always think i don't like Devon and Hillary no what I want better for them. I want better story for them. And that's what people don't understand is when I'm like, don't put Hill. I'm not saying don't put Hillary and Devon back together. I'm saying, don't rush them back together. Give us a story that makes us dying for them to be back together. Yes. I know they have, you know, a devoted fan base who are already dying for them to get back together, but the rest of us who like them, but aren't maybe, you know, but, but aren't like, you know, like, like in the shipping groups, we need to be, we need to have more reason for them, we need to see that 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 they've gotten, they've worked through the issues that came between them in the past, and and right. that's what I want to see. Hopefully, they'll do that while doing this baby storyline. They'll use that as a conduit to get to this other thing. Right. I love when you use that word conduit. I've been using it a lot too. <laughs> um, I <was> gonna, <laughs> Maybe I got it from you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to say, um, uh, uh, just think for me for YNR, the the one thing that would change for me, like I, I said before, I would like to see more Paul, Michael, Lauren, Neil, and Kevin. And one last thing to wrap up. Do you watch uh, This Is Us? Okay. I know I'm the last person on the planet, but I I literally hate that show. I hate it. I think it's so manipulative and so just like every week it's like we're going to set out to make you cry and we're going to do whatever it takes to do that and it just it it just it drives me crazy it drives it, it and and then they started advertising rise that new show rise as being like you know the mm-hmm. next this is us and i turned it on and it was rise is the weirdest show in that it's a musical but you know ostensibly they break into song every now and then but it's a musical that's depressing it's like it's all gray and nobody on the show is happy and there's no color it's like where it's as if they took glee and took all the glee out of it it's the anti-glee so you know I, I, I don't I wish I did because I like a lot of the actors on this is us I think it's a fantastic cast but yeah I just oh I just can't stand it I right. assume you like it. okay 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I at first I tried to get into it because of Justin Hartley, who used to play Adam on YNR, was on it. So I wanted to see what his stuff was like. And at first I liked it; it was okay. Then I dropped it, and then I just picked it up again. I have a crush on the uh, girl that plays uh, Beth Pearson, so that's like my TV. Which one is she? <laughs> She's uh, Randall's uh, wife. You know who I have a crush on? Uh, Rand- you know, if I was going to crush on a woman, you know who it would be? Justin Hartley's wife, Chrishell. I love her. Oh. I have loved her forever. I think she's funny. She's beautiful. She's smart. I just, I absolutely adore her. Right, right, right. Okay, so I'll just save conversation for next time when I uh, talk to you in the next couple of weeks. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Nice talking to you. I always have a little bit of time left on the show if you want to give a call. My number is 714 714- Eight six eight zero seven four nine. Again, it's seven one four eight six eight zero seven four nine. For those of you who missed it, I'm going to give you a quick rundown here of the uh, daytime Emmy nominations that came out today. They were announced on I don't know the talk, the view, the chew, the the spew. I no, I guess it was the talk. It was the talk. It was on CBS, so it must have been them. Uh, so, in outstanding lead actress. Eileen Davidson, who plays Ashley on The Young and the Restless, Nancy Lee Gron, who plays Alexis on General Hospital, Marcy Miller, who plays Abby on Days of Our Lives, Maura West, who plays Ava on General Hospital, and Laura Wright, who plays Carly on General Hospital. For Outstanding Lead Actor, it was Peter Bergman, who plays Jack, Michael Easton, who plays Hamilton Finn, John McCook, who plays Eric on The Bold and the Beautiful, Billy Miller, who plays, well, He's actually nominated as both Jason Morgan and Drew uh, from General Hospital, and James Reynolds, who we were talking about earlier in the show, who plays Abe on Days of Our Lives. The Outstanding Supporting Actress category is Marla Adams, who's Dina on The Young and the Restless, which really happy to see her get a nod. I think she's been doing such lovely work. Uh, Cameron Grimes, who plays Mariah on The Young and the Restless, uh, I think we all know that I kind of have like total gay boy crush on her. Susan C. Hayes as Julie on Days of Our Lives. Elizabeth Hendrickson as Chloe, or formerly Chloe, on The Young and the Restless. Jackie McKenna's Wood, who plays Steffi on The Bold and the Beautiful. And, of course, Michelle Morgan, who plays Hillary on The Young and the Restless. In the Outstanding Supporting Actor category, it's Wally Kurth as Ned on General Hospital. Chandler Massey as Will on Days of Our Lives. Anthony Montgomery, who plays Andre on General Hospital. Greg Rickert, who was playing Kevin on, on The Young and the Restless, and that's where he's nominated for, but he's going to be showing up in just a, uh, very soon, if he hasn't already, I'm a day or two behind, uh, as, I believe, Leo on Days of Our Lives. In the Outstanding Younger Actress category, we've got Rain Edwards, who plays Nicole on The Bold and the Beautiful. Haley Aaron as Kiki on General Hospital. Kate Fairbanks as Tessa on The Young and the Restless, Olivia Rose Keegan, who is Days of Our Lives as Claire, and Chloe Lanier, who plays Nell on General Hospital. Outstanding younger actor is Lucas Adams, who plays Trip on Days of Our Lives, Rome Flynn, who was Zendi on The Bold and the Beautiful, Tristan Lake Lebeau, who is Reed on The Young and the Restless, and uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing his last name wrong, uh, Casey Moss, who plays JJ on Days of Our Lives, and Hudson West, who plays Jake on General Hospital. Uh, the Outstanding Drama Writing Team, Outstanding Directing Team, and Outstanding uh, Show are all the shows. And, you know, Charlie and I were talking about that earlier, and that feels like a little bit of a jip. Um, 
you know, we only have four shows left, and I realize that. But, you know, I really feel as if to make it feel a little bit more like you've earned something, instead of it just being like you get an award and you get a nomination and you get a nomination, there should only be three in each the the writing, directing, and best show categories. You know, let's make it an actual competition and let's say, you know, guess what? You Your reel didn't quite measure up. Uh, you know, that would make it just a little bit more interesting than everybody being nominated. Uh, that's just my take. I think, I think, I think it was a great, I think there's a lot of great nominations in there. I think it's surprising how many people got nominated who are no longer on their shows. Um, you know, I don't know if that says more about the quality of the acting of people who've been let go or about the fact that, that some shows didn't necessarily have people to nominate in every character in, in every category. So people who, you know, might not have gotten nominated um, because they've been let go or they've left their show did get nominated because, Hey, we've got no one else. There were some people who um, I was asked about and I want to address. Um, someone asked me why Max Gale wasn't nominated for his role as Mike on General Hospital. And that's, of course, because he started this year. I have no doubt that he will be nominated next year. And, you know, I think he'll be tough to beat. I think he will be almost impossible to beat because uh, Max Gale and Maurice Bernard have been doing just just phenomenal work uh, in this story. People know that for a long time I've wanted Sonny out of the mob. Um, I was thrilled when a year or so ago they were doing the story that looked like it was going to get Sonny out of the mob. But here's the thing. You don't have to get Sonny out of the mob to make it uh, to to sort of decentralize the the role of the mob on the show. Um, I, I was reading the other day someone wrote something saying that, you know, since Steve Burton come, came back, it's been mob, mob, mob. And I'm like, where? There's very little mob on the show. Um, uh, you know, there, yes, um, Steve Burton's Jason and Maurice Bernard's Sonny are both, you know, heavily played on the show, but neither of them are really in mob stories. Jason is dealing with the fallout of of his return and Sam's feelings and how she's torn between him and Drew, while Maurice's story is almost entirely uh, revolving around trying to help his father deal with his Alzheimer's. In fact, that's what's going to be central to the 55th anniversary show. Uh, it, it will be airing, the anniversary is actually on April 1st, but the uh, the anniversary show will be airing on Friday, the, what is that, the 26th, I believe it is, something like that. Um, and, and it will revolve around Sonny coming up with a way to try and help his dad sort of reclaim some of his memories. And that'll be um, what they use to sort of bring back some familiar faces from the past. Uh, so both General Hospital and the Young and the Restless are celebrating anniversaries. The Young and the Restless is celebrating its 45th and General Hospital is celebrating its 55th. And I would be remiss if I didn't point out, if you haven't seen it, um, the staff of Soaps and Depth worked really hard recently um, while putting out a weekly magazine, we also put out a standalone special um, book devoted to General Hospital's 55th anniversary. It's got tons of photos and uh, just a lot, a lot of fun stuff in it. It's, it's got, you know, the, the hottest guys and the, the baddest bad girls, and then um, each decade is broken down with some of the big storylines filled with pictures, and, and, and I think you guys will really get a kick out of it. If you haven't seen it, it 
is a limited edition, and it's available at like Walmart and Barnes and Noble and I don't know Walgreens, places like that. So um, check it out. I think you'll like it. Uh, I actually am going to be wrapping the show up in in just a minute here. Uh, I'm being paged. It's that weird. It's a weird occasion when all three of my household we're all home uh, this evening, and so we're actually going to try and eat dinner together, which doesn't get to happen too often. So um, I'm being signaled that dinner is ready. I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight and hanging out with me. Um, if you want, you know where to find me. You can find me on Soaps and Depth uh, uh, on Twitter at Soaps and Depth ABC at Soaps and Depth CBS. My personal account is at How Rude Are You, and I always am talking about primetime stuff over on at All TV All Shade A L L T V A L L Shade. Uh, and you can talk to me about cruises anywhere because I'm always interested in that. And and who knows? I want you to talk to me when we get off here. I want you to hit me up on social media because I want to hear about your breakaway trip and when it is and what you're doing and if you need help and and what you need to know. As always, I am your host Richard Sims, the executive editor of Soaps in Depth Magazine. I want to thank everybody for taking time out of their night, whether you're snowbound or just uh, hanging out with me, to in to to spend a little time together. As always, because it's soaps, what do you got to do? Tune in tomorrow. Well, the song is supposed to be playing right now, but guess what? It doesn't seem to be. Let's let's try that again. Because it's soaps, there it is. Tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow.